Hello and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today is our LFC editor, Andrew Kelly, and Echo Scribe extraordinaire, Neil Jones. Thank you. And you will notice, by the way, that there is one person missing here, because as Liverpool have to deal with the loss of their star man, our full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away, James Pearce, he's not here. Part-time. He's, he's not well, is he? He's not no, well. He's not, I, can confirm, I can confirm, having seen him on Sunday, that he, uh, he has been laid low. By the most hideous, aggressive, <laughs> aggressive of leggies, I would suggest, and um, I think we, we, everyone will join me in wishing him a speedy recovery because you know it, it's it's sad, sad to be without James Andy, for any length of time. Andy, basically, James got a cold, hasn't he? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. and I think he's getting over. Um, you know, a poor result on the field for the Echo team on uh, on Sunday. I have yeah, to Neil, say. I believe you were there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We won't be issuing any further statement at this time about the future of the manager, but fair to say that a few people let themselves down. There was an online poll, um, actually, on Sunday afternoon, and I believe that James Pearce, it was voted something like 78%, 22% for him to be relieved of his duties. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'll say I'm not making any comments on that. Um, I know I brought this up, but I feel there may be people out there not interested <laughs> in the echo yeah. football well, team. So let's they, get on to the real football team. Excuse me, exactly. excuse me. They need to be interested because it shows that we know we know, we know how they feel. Yeah. Okay. And Liverpool fans are probably going to be feeling a little bit glum because Philip Coutinho, the scans are in, he's out for five to six weeks. However, I must admit, having, we were all there at the game on Saturday. When it happened, we thought he could be out for five to six months, couldn't he, Andy? It, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I think there'll be a significant number of fans if, if, if six weeks, if it proves to be six weeks, and you never know with these things because uh, we've seen people, you know, not Coutinho necessarily, but really? other, you know we've seen other players sort of go, and you think it doesn't look so bad, and it's a lot longer. So um, yeah, six weeks. It's come at probably the worst time of the season's all you'd say with the games that are coming up. Um, you know that massive game on New Year's Eve. We all think that has the potential to have a significant impact on the rest of the year, just on morale, if nothing else, and uh, it it has come at a bad it time. Be, but... It would only be for a few hours, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. Good. Um, but, yeah, it it's happened. The problem for Liverpool is that a lot of the current injuries have all come in the same position, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, that, that's it. I mean, we've we've been talking today, and we're about trying to pick a team for Leeds tomorrow, and the front three is the hardest part to pick, because can you risk Sadio Mane, even Divock Origi, now, can you risk them? So, the options don't look as uh, as thorough as they were a couple of weeks ago. But then at the same point in time, you know, it is only it is only one player at the moment. Uh, you know, Adam Lallana should be back at the weekend. Mane's still there until Coutinho should be back by the time Mane heads off to Africa. Um, Firmino's still there. Origi's still there. Daniel Sturridge at the moment is laid low, but will be available again soon enough. We hope so. We've um, heard that before. Well, we've heard that before, yeah, indeed. But uh, listen, you know, you can you can look at it two ways. You can look at it as a negative. You said it's the worst possible time to get injured. I would contest not. I, I would contest the middle of the middle of April or the end of March would be the worst possible time if Liverpool are in contention. You say that. You say that because of the volume of games. But, yeah. Because of volume of games and also but, the. But so yeah, but but I am talking in terms of the season so far. If, yeah. But I mean. You, you could then argue that you know if you lost them for the first six weeks and all those big games they had as well, but you know it feels like there's a there's a volume of games coming up. It feels like it's an important time and a time to sort of grind out results just by getting that one moment of inspiration which he can yeah. pr- pr- provide. So um, I, I do think, as I said, a lot of Liverpool fans in the ground on Saturday. If you said to them walking out, okay, 
you know, spin the dice six weeks, would you accept it? I think a lot of people would have yeah. said, yeah, I'll take six weeks because yeah. then I'm, I'm getting back in January and I'll take that. Exactly. And I think I think there was never, from the moment he, went, he, he, he kicked the A and Dong, there was never a case that it was going to be, oh, no, I've just, I was just sore. <laughs> it's yeah. absolutely fine. He was always going to be facing a minimum of probably a month on the sidelines, you, you would have thought. Um, positive news, I mean, Div Okarigi done ankle ligaments against Everton last year, I think it was on April the 20-something, and or 18th, and he was back for the, the final, Euro League final. He was back on the final day of the season, I think, wasn't he? The only he? thing you'd say about that, though, is because he never really looked fully up to speed, even when he was playing in the European Championships. Yeah. He never really looked fully fit, and he'd have had an extra month of training before he played yeah, that, true, that particular true. game. So. As Andy said was, before, it is to, it's, it's down to the individual, really. Yeah, and you can also look at the, the point that maybe you, you talk about winter breaks and you talk about sort of, you know, burnout come the end of the season. Liverpool probably shouldn't have that issue because of the, the, the sort of fixture list that they have. But if you've got Coutinho, who hasn't been playing six games in December, he may be fresher than others when it comes down to late in the season. You always have to bear in mind that it wasn't that long ago. In fact, two months ago, in fact, there was some debate whether or not Coutinho should be in the starting lineup because he had been on the bench after he after he'd been on um, international duty with Brazil. Liverpool played Leicester. I mean, at the time, we didn't realise Leicester were going to be awful all season. But <laughs> Liverpool still won four one. Great performance. Coutinho was on the bench. Came on towards the end. There was a bit of Oman and Aaron, and then he, I think it was the Chelsea game was the next one, wasn't it? Yeah. Where he he started, and since then he's just kicked on again. Yeah, I mean, that was felt like a time when Liverpool were blessed with a sort of almost fully fit squad, everyone playing well uh, and the team purring a little bit. And the last couple of games, it doesn't feel like they have been. And a blow like this feels worse in that situation, I think. As well as losing Coutinho, for me, you lose a bit of Firmino when Coutinho isn't there because, you know, they're such a... You know, they really buzz off each other on the pitch, I think. I think you lose a bit of Henderson as well, because I think Henderson, what his big thing is firing the pass forward. To Coutinho. He looks at yeah. Coutinho every time he gets the ball, pretty much, doesn't he? It's, it's, it's a massive thing. It all comes down to that thing I'm always wittering on about, the control of the ball and being able to take a ball at speed and have it under control in second and turn on or half turn, uh, as Liverpool do with those types of balls that Jonesy's talking about. So I, I do have to say, six weeks... Still feels like a long time to me, and I'm, I'm, yeah, I do, I do think it's significant. Neil, you mentioned Adam Lallana before coming back. In a way, he can almost just not fit straight into the same position, but he could fit straight into the team, couldn't he? Oh yeah, well he will. He, he, well, that's the he, thing, yeah, isn't he? Will, yeah. he will, there is, they're, they're in a position, as Andy said, they, they, they haven't got the full, fully fit squad, but they do have players who are coming back or. Yeah. They still have options. It's not like they're completely scraping the oh, barrel. You know, there's another one. Well, sorry. Yeah, you, you, now can perhaps be used as a more. You know, Wijnaldum's not competing with Chan necessarily for the same position. He might be given a bit more license to go and be the attacking midfielder that he he was signed or people thought he was when he signed. He's been a little bit more reticent to, to get involved in that. Um, so I think that might be might be something we see. You've got Origi who's coming on on Saturday and. Bjorn Klopp used the phrase he was switched on from the moment he came on the field, and I think that, that was a I thought it was a very accurate description. He he looked it looked lively. It was about this time last year that he came alive, mm. you know, as a Liverpool player at, at Southampton, wasn't it? And, and um, second half of the season, he he made himself um, number one. Had it not been for Funes Mori in the derby, he would have been he would have been leading the line in, in the Europa League final. You know, 
he, that, that was clear, but as it happened, it says a lot, in fact, that Jürgen Klopp threw him on, I think he was his first sub in the Europa League final, mm. even though he hadn't played for a month. So he, he's certainly highly rated, and you know, if he can if he can be anything like the player he was in the second half of last season and at times in pre-season, I think Liverpool will, will benefit from that. You can see Liverpool coping, and well, I mean they've got almost like the midfield three set there, haven't they? This is where we've we've spoken about it in pods earlier when it looked like we were trying to where are you going to fit players in, and I think you know we've mentioned that you know basically the Premier League looks after it because injuries, suspensions, yeah. everything else, and we've now got the stage where not only has it looked after the sort of perhaps trying to squeeze players in, it's actually left us feeling a wee bit short to me. But you've got you look you've got your midfield three probably set there with Henderson, Wijnaldum, and Chan. You know, fitness yeah. permitting. Uh, so that when Lalana comes back, hopefully against Bournemouth, um, you know, you'd expect him to more slot into Lalana last season yeah, role, left bit, side role maybe. bit further forward. I think he's got to, to almost be, able, you know, try and do a little bit more of that creativity that that we expect from Coutinho. And um, you know, I think he's, you know, Lalana's got it in his his locker, and I think he is someone who will have benefited from the confidence he'll have felt from. I got the fans where that he's been missing, yeah. to be honest with you, yeah. and I think he'll, I think that support he feels from the stands now will really stand him in good stead. And uh, it's it's always the same, isn't it? You don't appreciate anything until it's gone. Uh, and um, I think people will be that way with Coutinho, and they've been that way with Alana. If a week earlier Coutinho goes down injured, and Jurgen Klopp turns to the bench, who is he bringing on? A week out with uh, Southampton, I suppose. Yeah, thank you, Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's he's a, you know he's got himself injured at the wrong time, hasn't he? You know, picked up this tight calf that um, has kept him out of training since I think Thursday. Um, he, he's been playing. He'd he'd come on probably against Sunderland maybe instead of the league, and he'd probably played against Leeds tomorrow night. As it happens, he's going to do neither. And I think yeah, it's 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 quite quite typical, really, isn't it that. Of Daniel Sturridge, that having Liverpool haven't waited so long to have a Daniel Sturridge available, and then having Daniel Sturridge having waited so long for the chance to, to start, now suddenly he's unavailable. Did, did you sense, I certainly did, a certain irritation yeah, from Klopp definitely. on yes, the fact that, that Sturridge was vague, didn't wasn't he, train? Yeah. And it was very vague, wasn't it? It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't he's got a problem, it was that yeah. he hadn't trained, he didn't train, he didn't yeah. train. That's, that's how he kept referring to it. It just seems really odd, though, isn't it, that he if the assumption there is that perhaps yeah. he's not pulling his weight as, as as he has been doing. So it's just it goes back to the the comments he made last season, wasn't it, about learning what real pain is or what, what you know, what what is pain and what is only pain, I think it was the, the, yeah. the quote. He should come in and do a night shift. That's, <laughs> that's real pain. <laughs> Absolutely. Believe me. Or host a, a podcast. Yeah. Or do both on the same day. <laughs> well that's, that's yeah, changed mood in this room. It has certainly. Having said all of that, Liverpool still managed to find a way through, even without Coutinho, without Sturridge and without Lallana, against Sunderland, a team that Jurgen Klopp said was the most defensive team he'd ever seen. Now, a lot of people took that as a bit of a dig at David Moyes. In fact, I think David Moyes took that as a dig at David Moyes. But do you think it was, or was he just basically saying that they were the most defensive team, we had to find a way through kind of thing? I don't know if it was anything personal dig at Moyes but I did think it was more than just him pointing it out that how they played I thought there was a certain sense of uh, similar to the Sturridge it's a certain sense of irritation with it frustration probably because 
um, you know, it was it was a very hard. I thought Moyes won the tactical battle. I mean, by the end of the game, I still thought he'd won it. Um, Liverpool won the game, but Moyes had had played the formation he did. I mean, Klopp pointed out about. Um, something I'd tweet during the game about Anna Chibi is currently marking Klein. Of course he does. Yeah. He's got it direct to him on, yeah. the, on the thing, and, and who wouldn't? Um, and, uh, <laughs> but, it, but it was, and you know, he pointed out about how few touches Defoe had had. You know, one of the informed strikers in the Premier League. Yeah. And but you know, with 15 minutes to go before Origi does his thing, you're thinking to yourself, Moyes has done a good job here. If he's got, he's he's on coming off the back of two wins for Sunderland. If he comes to Anfield and gets a point, that keeps them rolling. And He's there to do his best for Sunderland Football Club. I had no problem with the way he played. Thought um, I thought, as I say, I think he actually won the tactical battle. And I think Origi's sort of moment of something from nothing got Klopp and the rest of the team to a certain extent sort of off the hook. Because I, I have to say, I didn't see a winner coming. Yeah, I mean, I agree completely with Andy about. I don't have a problem with Moyes. I don't. I don't understand the argument that persists amongst I don't get that football either. fans yeah. in style okay. because I didn't see them Sunderland fans in that way. I thought they were brilliant. Them Sunderland fans. I think the best best I've seen at Anfield this season in terms of the noise and the volume of them. And I didn't see them upset with what their team were doing. I think they saw their team having a chance of getting a point where they they would not expect to get a point, and that is what they need if they're going to stay in the Premier League. Not, like I'm going to put in a Lewis Hamilton yesterday is getting criticised for, for trying did, to win the World Championship. Yeah, he, did, he did what he, he had to do. There was, was, no, was no chance of him winning the World Championship if he did what people say he should have done, yeah. i.e. Yeah. 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 The yeah. no, so, so why would you do it? Why, why would you possibly? There's no chance of David Moyes coming to Anfield and going, well, I'll tell you what, you've got Coutinho, well, we've got we've got Didier and Dong, we're going to go toe-to-toe with you, we're going to try and play. If he does that, he'd get beat 4-0 and and everyone goes soft, isn't he, Moyes? You know what? What's he playing at there? So no problem with that. I actually think another another reason Klopp brought the defence. I think he was making the point that didn't you say that we can't beat these teams? Yeah. I think he was making the point of hang on. You said we couldn't beat Manchester United. We couldn't beat a West Brom prior to the game. Well, there you go. I I think he overegged how defensive Sunderland were. I think. I've probably seen more defensive yeah, I did, sides. I didn't, I didn't actually think come they, here. I didn't actually think they were massively defensive. I yeah. just thought they, just, they, 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 they were defensive. Back. They were defensive. They were by the sort of midway through the second half, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah but you've seen but, that with, with better teams than Sunderland coming to Anfield. Well, 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 I spoke to John Aldridge for his column that's coming up on, on the site. This, Spoiler. The, I was going to say, is this your James Pierce moment where you announced that you've spoken to somebody? No, it really isn't. But. It was relevant to what you were talking about, but he mentioned that he felt United were more defensive than Sunderland when they came to Anfield. Uh, I think John enjoys uh, poking the stick yeah, across the M62. Without wishing to come across as being old, I remember when Liverpool went to Barcelona in the UEFA Cup in 2001. Yes. Drew 0-0, I believe, and Barcelona's were not very happy at the fact that Liverpool just yeah. put everybody behind the ball. I think Owen was up front by yeah. himself or something like yeah, that. Cruyff wasn't he? Yeah, go I think it was. And that. I think Julier came out and said, you know, you kept the ball and we kept the result. Yeah. Right. And that is almost, I think what Andy's saying is, is what Moyes could have almost come in within 15 minutes of going in and saying that. Yeah. But because Liverpool have the likes of Origi and they have players like that, and, and there was the penalty as well, which came yeah. from Mane, who... I think we all agree didn't have his best game. In fact, probably had his worst yeah, game for Liverpool. Probably his worst game. Probably his worst game. But he still managed to, you know, dig it out in the last minute, 
run with the ball 50, 60 yards, win the penalty. Yeah. And those are the kind of things that... You think as well, I mean, that's going to win your game? They, they weren't clear-cut Liverpool at all. I don't, I couldn't remember it. I, 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 one way they had the, the white to the goalkeeper's eyes there. But they still had, you know, Chan had a decent chance when he went knocked down to him and he, he, he sort of slid it wide at the cop end. They had one where Dejan Lovren produced... What I'm going to describe is the Ian Doyle moment of <laughs> ingenious back healing in his uh, in the in the a crowded penalty area. And I think it was, was Milner it? nearly got on the end. Yeah, Milner nearly got on the end. Well, there was Lovren's head as well. Was Dejan Lovren with his head there. So, you know, there, were, there were opportunities, and, and I think, maybe 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 Andy speaking from from you know a sort of being engrossed in the game that you mm. don't think a goal is going to come, and you often do get to that stage. But I think I think a lot of people who don't have an affiliation with Liverpool would have looked at that game and thought oh, I'm would have surprised when they did it was a reasonable match of the day performance in the sense that <laughs> you pick, if you picked 10 or 15 minutes of highlights it looked like our Liverpool have battered these yeah. apart from obviously uh, Sunderland had a couple of good chances yeah, what, so, one, uh, the what more yeah. chance was probably the best chance of the game wasn't it and Carius has done really yeah. well. the, the ball wasn't quite perfect but Carius has done well to uh, get out there and, and, and smother it um, but I would I would be quite clear that Liverpool played better at Southampton and drew nil nil than they did on, to to beat Sunderland on Saturday, and um, just from I just didn't think we had a, a, a much of a flow to the game on Saturday. That it happens some days. Sometimes you know it was really cold. The ball doesn't quite fly as it as it does. Uh, these things happen, you know, and and it wasn't it wasn't a terrific display, but it was one that got three points and sometimes you know when when our you know rivals do that we sort of there's a sort of grudging annoyance that oh they haven't played their best and got three points well Liverpool didn't play their best came up against a team who probably I, Moyes came into the press conference after and looked like a man who'd won three points yeah, to he me was, he was he, he, more relaxed than I saw yeah. him in the last five years <laughs> he, was, he was asking to mention the press about all yeah, you looking, 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 looking old, old, yeah. old he, he wasn't looking at you <laughs> I mean, you had a new haircut yeah, well you know he didn't mention it if he was but um, but he he was almost a bullion I would say and he was because he saw a team that went out and did exactly the job he wanted them to do and the thought that we'll keep this as tight as we can and we might pinch something. And he knows they nearly pinched yeah. something. And if they produce that, weeks going forward. I think he saw on Saturday, this team is now my team yeah. going forward. And I and I really think he did. I, I you know, haven't been a massive fan of David Moyes over the years, but on a Liverpool podcast, certainly not the, the uh, environment to perhaps eulogise <laughs> about him. But I think he did a terrific job on Saturday. I think his team did really well. And Liverpool, you know, had to pull out all the stops to get three points. And, and they, luckily, ma- they, they managed to keep it down to two when some of us were thinking they might score an awful lot more. <laughs> he's not here. Is he's, he? not he's not here. Not here. No, he's he, not. he hasn't shown his face in the office since. He's skint. Lost all his money. He can't afford to get yeah. it. Now you mentioned you mentioned Carriers then. Yeah. And we know what I'm going to mention now. Yeah. Uh, the goal kick. Now we saw Simon Mignolet give away a corner in very strange circumstances at Burnley on Boxing Day a couple of years ago. Famous. Is this even more odd? I don't think it is, actually. I've never seen it. I, I, I've, lo- I've watched it since. I didn't see it at the time. I think, I think, I think you and I, I both looked up here and said, last time I looked, he was saying, firstly, I'm going to say, that's Carrius' best game for Liverpool for me. Well, he had to make some saves yeah, for start. And yeah. he, he kicked it. Other than that one, he kicked it really well. I mean, I'm still not having any means this half volley that he pings of Firmino in the second half. I don't know if you've seen the, the, the clip of it. We remember at the time, 
when he, it's on the bounce of difficult back pass and you think, oh, you know, oh, yeah. and he just hammers it straight to well, Firmino. And just, <laughs> and, uh, but he, I thought he, he distributed it well. He, he, he came out and, and blocked when he needed to block. There was one in the first half that he got right against, I think it was Pino. Pino, yeah. yeah. And there's one against Watmore Although in the Although he should have probably come out a bit I, earlier for that one. I, did, came I, I took him off. He came out and went back, didn't he? I was on ratings and gave him six and a, a couple of people... Uh, suggested that was a bit harsh given to him. I took one off for that indecision because Pinar would never have got in if he'd come when he should have mm. done the carries. But he, he made up for his mistakes and that's the great thing. He seems to be a bit of a... I'm touching wood here. Every every bit of wood in the office I'm going to touch on the way out. But he seems to be a bit of a lucky keeper, doesn't oh, he? Right. In the sense that every time he's made a mistake, he's got away with it. Well, I think I actually... Think you know, if that, if that corner that he gave away for no reason... Ends up yeah. as a goal that it's never forgotten, is it? Yeah. Um, a couple of the other a Swansea when he in the, yeah. late on when he didn't come for that when he should have come for and it just it just gets missed when it should have been a goal and that would have given away three points and I just so far and you, you want it to continue he his mistakes haven't cost Liverpool and now we're starting to see the saves he can make so yeah. um, I've been um, you know I've, I've as I say I think. I gave him six. Some people thought he should have been a little bit more than that on on, on Saturday, um, but he, he, you know he is starting to suggest that he can make a couple of saves. That sometimes you think if that player was in on Simon Mignolet, maybe it it it, it might have yeah. you know been through his legs or whatever. I also think about Min- the Mignolet comparison. I think he doesn't look like the type that he. Maybe even notices that he's made a mistake, or it certainly doesn't affect them that he's made a mistake because that the one where you said Pinar he could have come a bit quicker. Well, the next time the ball, I think it was immediately after it was lumped up towards the foul, and he came, he came punched fast, it. punched. He maybe could have caught it if he yeah. you completely. Um, what I would say, I think it, it's better for him to think about coming and deciding not to, and then having the chance to make up for it yeah. than to be off his line every two like, seconds. Like against Palace, yeah, hair and off, and so I think. He's, you know, he he just needs to do the calculation in his head that yeah. millisecond quicker. But Doyle did some research uh, at Anfield um, after the game. Yes, this is true. The only thing that could have made it a, a more memorable incident for me would probably would have been if he'd have just kicked it straight into the net. Now, if he'd have blasted it straight into the goal, as we found out, what would have happened is that it would have been the same as what actually did happen, which would have been a corner, corner for Sunderland, because you cannot score direct into your own goal off a goal kick. I've been on this planet more years than, you know... Me and uh, Neil combined. Be, right, <laughs> certainly more than both of you. And I've never known that. I suspect many people listening to the pod won't know that. But And, it, and I do find it incredible and a rule that should be changed. If you're taking a goal kick and it ends up in your own I think net, it should be two goals. You deserve... <laughs> you deserve I mean, I may petition FIFA on this because that's an astonishing rule. And I, I, I can't for the life of me think why it would be a rule. Well, as Neil points out, it's because it hasn't left the box. It's because goal kicks yeah, have to leave the goal. Yeah. It's technically not in play, yeah? It has to leave the Don't shake your head. Uh, I don't make the rules. It's, uh, yeah, exactly. The laws. It's wrong. The laws, sorry, yeah, the laws. So the well, interpretation that, of the laws. That may be the law, but the law is an ass. If you kick it into your own goal from a goal kick, then that needs to be a goal against you. And, uh, you know... A lifetime. We've, set a life. up, we've, we've basically taken 23 minutes to set up to that punchline, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. I don't, you know, it's just... I've got the lead. Yeah. Fair, but again, and I, at the time I thought, 
because of where he was kicking the ball, I assumed he was going for Klein. I noticed on the replay, it was actually Matip who got himself over yeah, there. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Split, but as you, I would say, why Joe Matip is literally disguising himself over by the corner flag? He didn't didn't quite need to be that. <laughs> he's, he's not as disguised as that Peterborough steward, though, is he? <laughs> no, he's, he's not. <laughs> yes, indeed. It's not. <laughs> the end for toxic thunder. <laughs> yes, let's hope so. Anyway. Right, as uh, Neil's just touched on, we're now going to talk about Leeds, or to give them their proper title. Leeds! Or Dirty Leeds. Yeah, yeah Dirty Leeds, actually, as me, as me dad would say. Um, however, they haven't been dirty in terms of their performances on the no. pitch lately, because for years, just scrabbling around mid-table championship, they're up in the playoffs, yeah. aren't they? Well, I, I, I actually... It, I think the, the, the term you'd use to describe Leeds for, what, dirty? 15 years... Basket case of a club, it's you know in terms of the way it's been run, it's been absolutely, you know, ridiculous. But when when they appointed Gary Monk in the summer, I thought they've really done well to get him. You know, like Gary, well, Monk, was, you, Gary Monk was. Yeah, did you also think Gary Monk? What an idiot! What's he doing? A little bit, yeah. yeah. I, I, thought, yeah. I thought. I thought they've done well, well to get him. I thought that, and, I th- and and you know, so far the results have proven proven so. I mean, in the playoff positions. I spoke to uh, to Gary McAllister last week, and he, he still lives in Leeds, lives on the outskirts, and he, 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 you know, he spoke obviously as you'd expect, very glowingly about the the size of the club and the the fan base, and he said it's been so long that you know so many bad memories in the last few years, and you know at one point they had um, Steve Evans as the manager, they had Leeds United had Steve Evans as their manager, you know these these things have actually happened in the last fifteen years, but he was saying how much. Positivity there was unusually around the club at the moment, and you know, albeit that they won't be coming to Anfield expecting to win, but they, they'll be coming thinking they might have half a chance. I don't know if someone else you think they might have half a chance. I do. Uh, they're going to fill the away end. We've got Neil tells me they've got five thousand three hundred tickets. Um, every last one of them, and probably a couple of young lads under coots will be in that, in that away end, <laughs> won't they? And we know. We also know that from the last round, uh, clock changed 11 he's not going to change 11 this time because he, he can't change 11 but he's going to change you'd imagine we know he's changing Mignolet so Mignolet comes in don't see any massive difference there and he'll change almost certainly the entire back four um, and then you just wonder where he's going to go up front because I think he has to play Origi just because I don't think he's got anyone else yeah. the young lads in terms of the academy um, we saw Woodburn come on for a couple of minutes um, on Saturday, I can see him playing some part, um, but the other lads, maybe the forwards at at the academy, Brooks Lennon is likely, I would imagine, to play Derby tonight. That side's coming out uh, probably any second. Um, we've got um, who else have we got? Tony Gomez, another young lad, but both of those haven't really been involved much full time at Melwood in terms of training. And the players clubs tended to use. You're um, Trent Alexander-Arnold as a right-back, for instance. Hopefully we'll see him again tomorrow. Uh, Ovia Jarius, an attacking midfielder. Um, those are players who've had time at Melwood, uh, time working with the first team, getting comfortable in their surroundings. And I think that's the type of player that we'll see. Hopefully Marco Gruwich, we haven't seen a bit. Oh, that, that, he was one, I forgot. He didn't, wasn't on the bench. He, he warmed up with the, the subs on Saturday, but he wasn't on the bench. He's done that a few times. Yeah, he, I mean, they always tend to have one or two mm-hmm. extras. You always have an extra goalkeeper, don't yeah. you? He warms up with the with the keepers. But he's one he's he's got goals in the Marco Gruitch, you know, yeah. if if need needs be. he's got physicality. I've got <coughs> I've got the this is live coverage yeah, yeah, in the uh, the podcast. We've got the twenty three star and eleven. So we can rule out pretty much the following 
Um, so Cameron Brannigan, Matthew Virtue, Brooks Lennon, Chiravella, Harry Wilson is in there, Elori, Sacco, Joe Gomez, Juanma, Whelan and Grabara. And then on the bench, the two Gomez is Tony and Madjet, Faith, Williams and Maguire. So yeah. that tells you that Woodburn, Alexander-Arnold and Stewart and Jaria are going to are all with all the first team. Involved, so, um, you know, so it's going to be a youngish uh, team that has never played with each other before and may never play with each other again, I suspect. Uh, that didn't matter against Spurs because Spurs played virtually a youth team themselves. It was a perfect game for Klopp to blood his youngsters and the knowledge Pochettino you know, up to his neck in the Champions League at that stage, um, was, going to, was, going, was going to do the same. So, um, and it's a, that's a lot easier to play against than a, the hardened fourth in the table championship team. They've got a lad up front who typically his name's escaped me, but a New Zealand lad who's scoring. Chris Wood. Chris Wood is scoring loads of goals for them. Um, they're in good form, and they're going to be a significant test. I'm fearing extra time. But you know, if we're one 0 down with five minutes, I'll be praying. You know, five minutes ago, I'll be, I'll be praying for it. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a very cold night. I, I just he's building this one up, aren't you? <laughs> Everybody, get your tickets now. It's sold game. out. The game's sold yeah, out. But I think someone will get the returns if they listen to this. It's going to be a proper game of football, is what I'm saying, really. And don't be expecting there to be a huge amount in it because it's going to be difficult, I think, for Liverpool, undoubtedly. And uh, well, hope I'm, I'm wrong. Well, you know what, what I'm going to say now, don't you? My the joker in the pack for Liverpool, as far as I'm concerned, will be between the sticks for Leeds in um, in Rob Green. <laughs> I, you know, sorry if you sorry if you do subscribe to the Blood Red podcast. Sorry if Rob, you are Rob Green. Yeah, <laughs> if you are Rob Green or a fan of Rob Green, but you know, or related, Liverpool should consider his presence very encouraging because I watched Leeds recently against Newcastle. And he made one of the worst goalkeeping howls I've ever seen. And I think I saw a statistic which said that since the start of 2012-13 season, he's made over double the amount of goal-costing mistakes as any other goalkeeper. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Rob Green will be Liverpool's um, diamond. That's the penalty hero for tomorrow night. Bearing in mind our record and predictions in this pod, expecting Rob Green to be man of the match and probably score the winning penalty in the shootout, having saved seven. Well, Although some of us that have would, been that would accurate have, for the that, last two weeks. Oh, well, what did you say? I said it was. was Hang on, wait a minute. No, you let, said they'd be Liverpool, be five points clear at Christmas. Yeah. So we'll end on there. Well, we'll still still end. Still well, that's, uh, and, and your problem is? They, we'll come back to that. <laughs> okay. You can't, you, can't, you know, criticise me for a prediction where we haven't got to the end of it yet. Yeah, sure. well, we'll, true. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get still there. Still in 08 tomorrow. Stop now. Hang your head in shame, Christian Walsh. Anyway, that's enough. Having a go, people who can't defend themselves, Neil Jones and Andrew Kelly. You wouldn't catch me doing that. Um, that's not about James Pierce as well. Uh, right, that'll do us for this podcast. Uh, join us later this week where we'll look back at the Leeds game and look ahead to the Bournemouth away game. Cheerio.